Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Not me if you've heard this one before, but we're talking about Penn State defensive line recruiting. That, they got to get through. They got to break through fits. They got to get the five-star defensive tackle. Well, well, we got some stuff to talk about. Uh, Sean Fitz, who uh, riding solo this weekend, by the way. Thank you for uh, putting in all the work this weekend. Uh, I was unavailable to come up to some of the camps on Friday, but uh, lots of stuff going on, and Fitz was covering it for us, especially leading into that conversation about defensive line. So, Fitz, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. Another busy weekend, another productive weekend. Penn State is doing very well with these visits. And yes, everyone does well with official visits. Everybody has a great visit, et cetera. Um, but Penn State's really going to benefit from these. And I think they're setting themselves up in the next couple of weeks for a for a really good run. Yeah, it's going to be a jam-packed couple of weeks at the end of the month, beginning of the next month. But right now, uh, it's 7 a.m. in L.A. David is up. He's here. This is his morning show. I love that. I spent about six years doing morning radio, so I don't want to get up at five in the morning anymore. But if we have a a 7 a.m. presence in L.A., I love it. Talking PSU football, T. Frank and with Fitz, great way to start the week. Um, 
So official visit weekend was pretty good for Penn State football from what I understand. Um, of course, your notes over at bluewhiteillustrated.com are the basis of my understanding of that. So take us through what you want to talk about in terms of, uh, you know, the impressions and the takeaways that Penn State came away with uh, with some of its top recruits. Well, you got to start with a surprise visitor, uh, Tysir Denmark, uh, now former Oregon commit uh, from Pennsylvania, from Roman Catholic in Philadelphia, popped up uh, a surprise visit. Um, been trying to get him back on campus now for a while. They've been doing it under the radar. If you recall a couple of months ago, he was supposed to come up. That got out. That got stamped out. And he did not make it up. This weekend, he ended up on campus at Penn State for, for an official visit. I mean, this wasn't a situation where he was coming up. He was supposed to be up for the Elite 11 a couple of weeks ago. That didn't work out. But uh, he, he made it back for an official visit. And, uh, you know, I think things... Things went well for the Nittany Lions. Uh, he is no longer committed to Oregon. Uh, I put in my pick on Saturday night, I think that was, um, because we thought maybe something was imminent there, and it still may be. Um, so we, we're keeping an eye on Tysir. Um, Obviously, the ball's in his court in terms of announcing, but uh, Penn State, I think, is a pretty good spot coming out of that visit. Um, it, it's one they've been working on for a long time. Uh, he, mm -hmm. he committed in November, I believe it was, to Oregon. Uh, had the top three, Oregon, Ohio State, Penn State, um, you know, it's one of those things that uh, Oregon's very appealing. Um, even when you're 3,000 miles away, Oregon is very appealing. Uh, ended up out there. And and I think that I think the two sides, I would call it an amicable split, I guess mm -hmm. you would say. Um, we, we talk about parting ways and things like that. But uh, Tessier was, was was back on the market and uh, Penn State struck quickly. This guy they've liked since he was a freshman. Came to camp, uh, came to seven on seven camp, was fantastic. A slot guy, um, a little bit thicker of a slot guy, not not your typical. I mean, he's gonna be very different than Jare Hawkins, who's set to visit uh, this coming mm -hmm. weekend, as in terms of how a slot guy is built. Uh, very quick, not the fastest guy in the world, but very quick. Um, and and he's been a prospect they've been tracking for a long time. So uh, I've said it all the time: receiver recruiting and defensive line recruiting is going to dominate the next couple of weeks and months because those are the spots open and those are a lot of spots when you take about when you talk about how much you're going to account for the rest of the Nittany Lions class so got to start with Tassir Denmark uh on campus uh, pleasant surprise went from eight visitors to nine visitors and that's that's a big ninth one to add is he a part of that top tier of receivers we've talked about because I know that there's the the you've been pretty clear about where the top two or maybe the, the priorities reside in this class. But with Denmark being a commit elsewhere, it's been kind of hard to read. Would you consider him one of those top recruits? Or is this a guy that, as you said, they've just pursued for a long time. He was always a take and they're going to take him when he's available. Yeah, I, I think more of the latter. I mean, you, you okay. look at what he does. I, I don't think when you take a look at his tape, when you, you don't have the numbers on him and, and, and things like that in terms of speed. So like that's kind of maybe keeping him from like bona fide number one status and things like that, but he's certainly high enough on the board to take. Um, I'm curious to see where he uh, would fit if you're listing them one to 10 or whatever it may be. But uh, you know, we, we, we know chance Robinson's way up there. We know Nick Marsh yeah. is way up there. So I would slot him somewhere right between those two guys, but that's pretty much what we've been doing with all those other guys. Uh, Alex Taylor is going to come in for a visit. Uh, you've got a bunch of names, Jure Hawkins coming in next weekend. Peter Gonzalez was in town last weekend. So there's, all of a sudden we go from, you know, Penn State still has zero uh, commits in the wide receiver room, but yeah, there's a lot of those guys. And we're doing the exact same thing at wide receiver as we're doing at defensive tackle right now in terms of like following and figuring out like we've gone from will Penn State ever get a receiver to commit or ever get a defensive tackle to commit. So 
to who are they going to turn away? Like they're going right. to find themselves in a situation where they just can't take everybody, all these guys. So that's kind of where we're at right now with both of those positions. It's refreshing uh, sometimes. And you're going to be shocked that I say this. Sometimes it takes a little patience, you know, and that's kind of no. what we're preaching now. all spring. Yes, we're doing the uh, we were right thing uh, right now, but even before we get to the, to the commitments. So, no, I mean, it's uh, it, it's one of those things where it's a long cycle, man. It's a long cycle and you can't have everything right now. And that's what yeah. I about, um, you know, when you're going through the spring and you've got, uh, you know, a, a stretch where you don't get a commitment for a month or when you're, um, you know, just struggling to fill up or seemingly struggling to fill up at positions. I think Penn State's in a, in a great spot at both of those uh, positions right now. And that's going to be where the bulk of the rest of the class comes from. Yeah, I, I uh, when we were talking about this a couple weeks ago, and I'm putting the names together at receiver, I didn't even consider Tysir Denmark at the point at that point because I figured like there are too many names right now, and <laughs> you throw him uh, on top of all of that, uh, it it feels like Penn State is in a really good position to uh, to get what they need at, at that position. So let's move on to the other one that, um, but quickly. Peter Gonzalez, uh, no fireworks this weekend in terms of a commitment, uh, but things were positive, I assume, coming out of his visit, right? Just some quick uh, discussion here, and then we'll move on to some of the other guys. Yeah, my pick's Penn State there. I mean, I, I just, uh, it's going to be something, like I said, we, we've got guys that, uh, uh, you know, sometimes have a date, like you have, a, we're going to get to some announcement dates that you have a graphic for, a shiny new graphic for apparently yep. soon, but like some guys just want to do it on their own time, and you, you got to let them do that. Yep. So positivity, even without the, the the commitments, two weekends in a row of that leading up, kind of boiling the kettle a little bit, heading into the end of the month. Right. Um, you had Babu Torre jump on board, and I don't even know if have we done a show since. He, yeah, actually, we no. did the show. We <laughs> no, did sorry. that video. We did the show <laughs> last weekend about him committing, and then we had to run it five days later uh, because he was committing on Friday night, and then all of a sudden at lunchtime on Friday it came out. So. Things move fast, man. Things move yeah. fast, but they're they're moving in Penn State's direction. So I think we can go. I think we can lean on that. That's uh, it was a good thing we had that video, too, because I, I was in absolutely no state to record anything on Friday. I had a, a fever of like one hundred and two at that point. So we're Glad you uh, clarified it was an illness. So the uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, if anyone watched the Wednesday show and they saw the the the, the conversation at the end about my flu game, it got worse. Like it got much worse later in the day. Uh, let's move on to the offensive, or excuse, excuse me, the defensive line. Benedict Dume and T.A. Cunningham were both on campus. A couple of Penn State's top defensive targets. You know that top tier of players they want to bring in uh, into the program. I want to start with T.A. Cunningham because the clarification here it, I think is necessary. When he first visited, he was a California recruit, but I see he lives in Florida now. Is that the situation? What can you explain that a little bit if you've got any insight about what's going on there? And then of course, like. What's the situ What's the update here with the defensive tackles? Open up door three. He is from Georgia. So uh, he's originally <laughs> from Georgia. Moved to California last year in what the California Federation uh, deemed a move strictly for NIL purposes. Uh, had to sit out much of the season last year. Ended up getting eligible by the end. Um, and then a couple of them, uh, including 2025 quarterback Beckham Chrisa, uh, moved from California to Miami Central High School in Miami. So he is now a Florida man, uh, originally a Georgia man, and uh, he is he was on campus at Penn State this weekend. So everybody got that? 
great. Um, <laughs> really, really high in the early rankings. It was a guy that uh, was like, I think like a top 10, top five, top 10 player in the early rankings, which are volatile. Let's be honest yeah. with you. Like you can definitely fall. He would not be the first person to fall out of there. He's now a four-star prospect by on three. So um, it, it's, uh, it's, I think it's different than, than when he started out. Uh, you thought USC was going to be the choice when he was in California. You thought Miami was going to be the choice now that he's in Miami. I think Penn State might be the choice. Like he had a really good visit uh, to Penn State this weekend. Has not visited elsewhere, which is interesting. Um, There's something that we'll research a little bit further in terms of why. Um, but has not taken any official visits elsewhere. But uh, you got to like where Penn State stands coming out of uh, that trip. And they've been on him for a long time. It was a really interesting situation when he transferred from Georgia to California and he was ineligible. Uh, the Penn State staff, like, rallied behind him like it was a really good relationship a lot of trust there uh for ta cunningham and the penn state staff so um they sort of just followed up with him kept on him kept on him i he walked by me the other day this kid is massive like i yeah. I, I i can't see the graphic right there to see how big we have him listed but six, i have no six doubt six and a half yeah i would go with that yeah he is he's a big boy he's a big defensive tackle uh his his little brother who's a 2027 prospect who has an offer from penn state as well also really really big kid so good genes here good genes in the cunningham uh family so it, I, I think penn state really wowed him on campus this is i believe the third time he's been here second or third time i know he was just here in the spring with the group from California that had some really terrific prospects. I mentioned Kritza earlier. Uh, a couple other guys came on that trip as well. Uh, but uh, Penn State has sort of been with him through, since the start. And I don't know that you can say that about every other pro program that's been recruiting him. So, um, you know, we have Miami on top of the RPM right now, but I would not be shocked to see that change uh, coming through the week. It's uh, for Penn State fans that want uh the the elite defensive tackle etc yada 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 this is exactly what you're talking about six six and a half 275 elite length you mentioned he is as big as he looks and uh everyone agrees even if he's not the top 10 player in the nation sort of defensive tackle this is a top 300 player this is a consensus four-star player so penn state in position with a defensive tackle that already has the size fits uh so a, a great start for Dion barnes uh, this is a this is a good position to be in for the Nittany Lions and one that they haven't been in for a while. Uh, I don't I don't want to lean on that too much because the hay isn't in the barn yet for for Barnes. But how important is this? Just, just this conversation of like the staff stayed with him and Dion is in the process of trying to close this to give the Nittany Lions a defensive tackle that they've been trying to get basically since PJ Mustafer. I mean. It beyond Cunningham, you look at what's still out there and it's kind of remarkable that we followed recruiting the last couple of cycles with Penn state and defensive tackle has been such a sore spot because they've lost guys. There hasn't been guys like the, the, I haven't seen this uh, consolidation of the board in years. Like we talk about, you talk about Cunningham, you mentioned Benedict Ume, Xavier Gilliam is already committed. David Polly Polly is there. Uh, DeAndre Cook was on campus this weekend. We haven't even mentioned him, yep. you know, like they've got such a group. And it, it, I think the biggest thing here with Penn State defensive tackle recruiting, Amaris Williams committed to, to Florida this weekend, the mm -hmm. really good player uh, from North Carolina, Penn State. You know, he was really close to committing to Penn State on his initial visit, wanted to take more visits, ended up getting swept away by Florida and, you know, committed on the spot in years past. That would have been a, a dagger 
Like yeah. that would have killed you. Now it just shuffles the board a little bit. And that's uh, kind of a testament to where they're at uh, in defensive tackle recruiting. And it's, uh, it's, a, it, wow. it's in a really good spot um, with, uh, with where, I guess, relative to where they've been. I mean, they signed last year um, Tyreek Blanding. Blanding may be a very good player. I'm curious to see where Blanding would have fit on this board right now. Right. You know, I think you're right. in a situation where there's just so much more talent, so much more interest. And I love John Scott Jr. He didn't do this. He did not do what Deion right. Barnes has done. Uh, now, Deion, as you, I believe, said, has to get the hay into the barn or something of that nature. Um, and I think he'll do that. Um, but it's uh, it like we're in uncharted territory in terms of what we're looking at at defensive tackle right now. Yeah, and I think fans are aware, but I'll just flash this up here for everyone to see as well. Benedict Ume, the other guy on campus, he is a top uh, 62 player in the nation, according to the On3 consensus rankings. 29th overall, like he's Oddly just precise. on the verge yeah. of being a <laughs> uh, of a, of a five-star. What was that, Fitz? I said oddly precise on the top 62 player in the country. <laughs> So 62. Exactly. Yeah. We, we want to be precise here. Top 10 uh, defensive linemen in the nation as well. So these guys both have have uh, positive impressions coming away from Penn State. Liam Andrews already has been on campus as a defensive tackle prospect. So uh, just summing things up, you mentioned this, but like last year, Xavier Gilliam was the class with, you know, a guy similar in Tyreek Blanding of of kind of frame and projection and uh, a lot of lot of you like what you see, but it's still not exactly the uh, these guys. Uh, now he's in the class and he is kind of the baseline of what they have to work with. So really positive stuff. Anything um, that you want to kind of finish up with on defensive tackles before we move on? Because I know that, you know, this is the time of year where bluewhiteillustrated.com, if you want to get the full thoughts of, you know, our you know, RPM picks and all those things for these players. Go there, sign up, get the information, and that's where we're going to get all that deep dive stuff. But uh, anything you want to give here on the show? No, I would I would encourage you to check out our stuff on BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. The notes that went up yesterday, a lot of those questions that you have in the chat are been answered, and there are fewer agriculture references in my notes, and I apologize for that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Listen, I have put lots of hay in the barn, so it just comes to mind every single time thinking about this stuff. Right okay. now, what comes to mind is My Perfect Franchise, and that's because they are the show sponsor. MyPerfectFranchise.net is where you go to find out more about what the next step of your life can be. If you're ready to leave the corporate rat race for the American dream, and by the way, the American dream is not just to make a lot of money, but it is able to dictate the terms of your life. You know, your time, how you want to spend it, and how you want to make money, not just to make money. Those are all in unbelievably important. And part of the reason that Andy Ludicky started doing My Perfect Franchise, he's a franchise consultant. Uh, during the pandemic, a lot of people were displaced. A lot of people he knew from the message boards that, uh, you know, he's been a message board member for 20 plus years. So people that know him and think like him and have similar backgrounds to him, he saw all these people being displaced. And he knew as somebody who runs franchises, that he uh, he could help them out. So that's why he started MyPerfectFranchise.net to consult with people and help place them in the right franchise, not just to have one, but to succeed at running a business. So check out uh, his stuff uh, on the Blue White Illustrated message board. You can message him privately. You can use the thread of the show 
to uh, to get in contact with him as well, or he's got his phone number here on the internet. So 404-973-9901. That's where you can go uh, to check out Andy and MyPerfectFranchise.net to get in contact with him, or Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net. His services are 100% free. Here to help if you have any questions about business ownership. So thanks again for sponsoring our recruiting show content. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Fitz, uh, I want to get back to some of the other things that happened this weekend. Not all of them good. Not all of them a surprise, though. Derek Plaz, uh, sting factor of losing their swing offensive lineman in the class of 2024. You're on mute, bud. Fantastic. I didn't want to trample on your uh, ad read there. Uh, It's a hit, no doubt about it. Like the problem with, okay, you look at his profile, he's a mid three star. He's one of the lower ranked guys in the class. He's also an offensive lineman. So we very much don't know what he's going to be in three years from now. So Derek Plaz can end up elsewhere being a very good player. Um, you know, at the same time, it's, I think it is replaceable. It's not a situation where you're losing a quarterback or something like that. So I I waffle on the, on the impact, but I don't completely write it off because he's a good player. Like he's there's a reason Penn state took him. The reason Penn state took was a, was willing to take him with some other guys still on the board swing guy, maybe not the longest guy in the world, probably going to end up being, being a guard, but, uh, you know, there's a lot to like when you put on his tape. So, I, I don't want you to look at the uh, the ranking and say, okay, well, just whatever. Like this guy, this kid can still end up being a, a pretty good player somewhere. So um, I, I think in that sense, like the, um, you know, the, the way that we evaluate offensive linemen when we truly don't, you know, you truly don't know until you get them on campus. Like that, that's what, that's what comes into play here with Derek class. So um, there is some sting there replaceable. Yes. But I uh, still think he can be a pretty good player. Uh, is there hope that he could rejoin the class after this, or is this kind of like a done thing because he, you know, that's going to be tough. I mean, he went to Miami this weekend, so I would, I would bet on him staying down South somewhere. Um, it was a, a situation. He came in, uh, swept up in, uh, his first visit to Penn state, you know, a great, the other guys are committing. you want to feel great and things like that. And I think he, he really liked Penn state. If you checked out his interview with Ryan Snyder, like the kid really liked Penn state, yeah. It's just sometimes that that happens and you get swept up and everything and you jump on board and then all of a sudden you get home and it's like, well, that's a long way from home. Like, I didn't really consider this factor. And then you've got other coaches that are in your ear about, you know, how far away it is from home and how I think one thing that we we don't look at and, uh, you know, it, it goes south to north and north to south is coaches will convince you that they take care of northern players at Penn State better than they take care of take care of southern players just as coaches at Penn State would convince you that they take care of southern players in the south better than they take care of northern players in the south so i think that that is something to look at and you know all of a sudden i wouldn't call it buyer's remorse but you've got a lot of uh, words in your head you got a lot of people in your head telling you that this may not be the best option for you and then suddenly doubt creeps in and I think he's safe enough to to turn it around and, and, and do some things. I thought his, his statement was really well worded. I also yeah. thought his statement lended to he's probably not going to come back around to Penn State. 
Uh, we've got a couple questions in the chat I want to get to. Steven asks this one. Great show as usual. Do we have any more intel on the kicking game and how it's coming along? Are there any recruits in that area, you would say, for 24? Uh, in 24, it's interesting timing on that question because there is a specialist camp this weekend. Um, I have not looked into that, shockingly. Um, with uh, with the long snapper offer a couple weeks ago, I kind of put uh, special teams recruiting on the back burner there. Um, I don't know. I, I think, honestly, it's probably more likely to go portal um, to fill those holes than to find a 2024 guy. We haven't really identified many guys um, that were on campus uh, as specialists. Uh, kid from Florida, um, Butcher's name, uh, Fadatopoulos. So Will Fadatopoulos was on campus this spring a couple of times. Uh, good player, uh, good kicker, but uh, specialist recruiting, so fickle. You usually don't hear about those guys until they're like right in the mix here. So um, so I, I, I'm sorry, I don't have an answer for you in terms of the kicking game coming along. Uh, they like what they're doing this summer, um, but I mean, you don't know until you get them into the game. Like that's the problem yeah. with it's, it's trial and error and until it's like grave error, you know, with the, with the kicking, kicking game Falcons obviously has done it before. Um, I think they feel comfortable with his experience. Uh, Sander has the bigger leg. Undoubtedly. He's always like, no matter who else is on campus, he's always going to have the bigger leg. Um, but you're not going to have the consistency that you've had before. And I know people were really down on Jake Pinnaker. Jake Pinnaker had a really good stretch last year where he didn't miss. So like, mm -hmm. that's kind of the, if that's the floor that you're looking for, you know, it's going to, it's going to be tough. So kicking game undoubtedly is one big question mark going into this year. We talk about the, uh, the, the potential that they have on offense. We talk about this great defense, but like field position is something that's going to come into play at some point for Penn state this year with a new quarterback, you don't want them backed up against the wall and things like that. So you need more consistency out of those guys. And, and I think the story here is not so much who's going to grab it, but that nobody has grabbed it outright yet. So I think that that's, that's concerning going into the 2023 season. I don't know how you want to uh, address some parts of this question. So I'm just going to directly ask you uh, the last part, uh, Sean, is T.A. Cunningham underrated due to his unconventional high school career? Uh, as far as the first part of that, you know, answer what you want about all the other stuff. Um, I mean, it's it is heating up. I can say that, but uh, I don't know to be honest with you. Like, I I don't know if Cunningham is a like is it a situation where he was just really highly rated to begin with because he is six six two seventy five looks incredible like on the hook. moves pretty well too. He, yeah. Here's the other thing is he doesn't have a, a highlight reel from last year that we even have on his profile. So like some I, of the information I don't know seems how much he missing. actually played like he was suspended for most of that season. So like he doesn't have junior film and things like that. So maybe it's self-correction on the way too high early. Um, but, you know, I think the, kid's a four-star prospect like you're you're feeling okay about that and i think he's four-star across the board if i'm if if the industry ranking is is yes. fresh in my head so um I, I i don't know i'm gonna leave it to t frank to look at that film and see what he can figure out because it's a it's it unconventional is the way to put it like it, there's no real junior film to take uh part of there's i mean even if he got in there in October, November, you know, you're joining late against guys that have been playing all season. So there's things that go into that. Penn State hasn't had on on camp or at camp. So I'm, I haven't watched him like that. So it's been very unconventional, uh, whether he's rated properly, underrated. I, I don't know. I I've legitimately don't know. Yeah, one literally one uh, highlight I watched this morning, you know, trying to just get any sort of information about him looking for some video for the show and 
explosive was the word that came to mind, but I'm talking about 30 seconds of film. So that David, is David just put up my scouting report. If you could throw that last uh, post up on there. So um, it's uh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> he moves well and is big as hell. Yeah. That's what that's I'm going to go what, with. That's what it, you're looking it's for. So, it's so crazy. I mean, the intricacies that college coaches look for um, sometimes boils down to that. Like it's, he's, mm -hmm. Moves well. He's big. Uh, he he's big and he can run. Is what a lot of co college coaches will say. Um, so he does he does move well. So whether he's a ninety four star outside the on three hundred, whether he is a guy that can creep back in the top one hundred, I don't know. Like it's it's going to depend on how he plays, and it's you know he's going to get actually get some football under his belt, which is going to be helpful in terms of of like self correcting that. Yeah. And the good news is when you're big and you uh, when you're big as hell and you move well, you tend to be good at football. So uh, that's going to be something that's really fun to watch because big dudes that move well, that they, they're just fun to watch. So let's dive into the class by the numbers, do a little bit of a reset here, talking about what Penn State has done so far. You can see quarterback, running back, tight end uh, all have commitments. Offensive line. I broke them out here just kind of generally offensive tackle interior offensive line all those position positions seem set defense middle linebacker cornerback safety those seem set as well um but the biggest holes we talked about defensive uh tackle defensive end wide receiver no commitment so far and then outside linebacker that's the next one i want i want to dip into here quickly because that is something that i think is a little bit of a surprise turn where penn state was doing so well with uh linebackers early in the class and now no outside linebackers chris cole visited georgia elijah newby commits to usc how would you characterize the situation at outside linebacker right now in terms of where you feel like they sit heading into july it, it's quiet I, I don't think there's any doubt about it like you look at what the board was and it was those two guys essentially there, there's some other guys that they're intrigued by but i don't know that that's gonna come to fruition anytime soon you go by the visits um cole had an official visit uh, elijah newby did have one scheduled that's kind of like the surprise of june sometimes here and uh newby committing to usc was not something anybody saw coming like it uh was something he, he went out there and was really impressed by that and decided to jump on board that's part of june we've, we've had a couple of those um you know which is about typical you know for for like oh it's a surprise and everything's going the wrong way you know whatever um you you have that in recruiting it's sort of like you got to throw it in that pile that like you got you have to expect sort of the unexpected sometimes elijah newby was one of those guys amaris williams committing to florida maybe a little bit different but like in the same boat in terms of like all of a sudden snap decision he's off the board so i, I don't think there's too many of those um but they're going to be it, it's like you build in to uh what your expectations are for this uh for for any recruiting cycle really and Elijah Newby would just happen to be that guy. It just happened to be a position where you probably don't have as many targets as you would hope for. So I don't really see much happening with uh, with linebacker, at least in this visit window right now, which actually closes at the end of the week. Well, they have official visits this weekend, and then they have another week in July where they can have all unofficial visits, and then that's it until the start of the season. So right now I would not expect anything much to happen in terms of outside linebackers. Is given what they did last year, is that a – problem is that one you're okay like you would be okay with if you're penn state that even if you didn't or you pick up a guy that you think has potential late but 
isn't one of your top targets. Is that something that you can accept in this class and then use those numbers elsewhere? Yeah, it probably depends on how things shake out with like Dakari Nelson. Um, you know, you, you got Kevion Keys on campus recently, Tony uh, Rojas uh, there. So you've got kind of numbers there. I think the, the only issue that you look at is like you took two guys that are probably middle linebackers at the next yeah. level in Anthony Specka and Kari Jackson. Um, so I don't, I don't think they took any spots away from anybody, like anybody that you would consider a legitimate, realistic target as an outside linebacker. But at the same time, you got two guys that are kind of the kind of profile the same way. So, uh, that, that would be where the questions come in, in terms of Penn state linebacker recruiting. You thought maybe after Abdul Carter came in, lit the world on fire, you feel good about Tony Rojas, et cetera. Who's going to continue that pipeline. And you thought maybe Elijah Newby was that guy. Um, and now found something else that he, he he deemed that he liked better. So, you know, everything doesn't play out always the way that you think it is, but you got to twist and turn with the, with, with the, uh, with the punches. And it's kind of where Penn state's at with, uh, with outside linebacker right now. So yeah, I would, I would say surprising just based on the way that they've been able to produce the last couple of years. It just hasn't come out to, uh, to fruition, but you know, at this time last year, you know, Kevion keys, I think was committed or was about to commit to North Carolina. So you never yeah. know how these things are, will play out. Chris Cole visited Georgia. I thought Georgia was the the leader going into it. I think he's got an Alabama visit coming up. So that's a pretty darn high weight class to be in uh, for a guy that's, uh, that's in Southern Virginia. That's Salem defense. has a couple of pretty good linebackers then. Uh, talents overall with Peyton Lewis and Chris Cole getting recruited by Virginia Tech, Penn State, Georgia, Alabama. Uh, that's a pretty talented high school football team. Last thing we'll get to here before we move on to the next segment is uh you know just the general setup for what's coming up next because 17 commitments in the class still standing at that number after uh Vabuturi commits Derek Plaz decommits here are the commitment dates that we have right now um or at least the ones that I could get on screen before the show today uh Ethan Calloway June 30th David Polly Polly, July 1st, Jalen Harvey, July 4th, Nick Marsh, July 7th, and of course, Jamonte Waller, August 26th. Um, how important, which ones of these are you highlighting in terms of like the class turns here or maybe the other way around? Get myself off of mute again. Um, I think that Penn State's going to be very busy after this window shuts. So like uh, Polly Polly's in there. There's a couple other guys that we've talked about on the board, uh, potential, you know, announcements coming soon here. So like, I think you have to, everyone's going to, I know everybody in the comments loves Jamonte Waller. That's going to have to go into a separate pile right now because he is not planning on announcing until late August. And that's fine. Like that's kind of how that works sometimes. So I kind of cast him off to the side. He went to Florida this weekend, had a great visit to Florida. It's going to be one that the Penn state wants to, uh, you know, try and regain their footing there. So you've got, uh, you got a lot of options or a couple of options for, for Jamonte Waller, but going back to the graphic poly poly, um, you know, I think you can look at this and see which positions are the, the big ones for Penn state. You got, uh, Denmark, who I think can pop at any time. You've got Anthony Gonzalez, who was on campus. Uh, Peter Gonzalez, excuse me, I've done that like six times. Peter Gonzalez, who was on campus this weekend. Uh, you know, you've got a couple of receivers that are coming in. So Josiah Brown was on campus this weekend. So, you know, a lot of that's going to lean heavily to wide receiver. And then you turn around and look at defensive tackle. Uh, David Polly Polly, uh, DeAndre Cook could, could be a guy. So, you know, you've got a bunch of options there. And I think that that's where you kind of fill up. And then that's kind of how Penn State has recruited. Like they've gotten to the end of these visits i mean two cycles ago it started i think on july 4th it started a lot earlier this year uh, with with getting guys in and sort of getting them commit on the heels of the visit 
Whereas before it was kind of take your visit. Now this was a little bit different with, with the setup that with visits after COVID and things like that, but take your visit and then shuffle your, you know, reshuffle your cards and starting on July 1st, that's when you'd start rolling. Now it's kind yeah. of like keep going as, as soon as you can. So I, I think that Penn State's going to be very busy after this round of visits. Um, and you see, you kind of see uh, a smattering of, of dates there around July 4th, which July 4th announcements are just the worst. I would, I wish <laughs> there was like a, a way that we could um, just, uh, you know, Prohibit. make that a, make that a violation or something like that because yeah. nobody likes July 4th announcement. It, it, it's really funny. Um, you've got, you've got different, uh, Guy, different guys with different viewpoints. So, so like Vabu Torre was supposed to announce last Friday night, 7 p.m. That's great. Like that's a prime time spot um, in your head, Friday at 7. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. no internet reach whatsoever. Like, and these nope. guys are trying to brand themselves. Like that's pretty much the worst time that you could do it because everybody's shut off and, you know, gone home and, and done all of their stuff by then. Holidays are kind of the same way. Like you don't have the reach that you think you're going to have when it sounds good in your head. So yeah, it's uh, not Friday actual now, live sports. So it's like, it's not like playing basketball on Christmas correct. where you, people are, are not working so they can watch. The internet is very different. You want to have people when they're in their routine Friday at five is Friday at beer time for most people that follow sports. So like seven o'clock, like, yeah. Uh, especially when you're trying to program this stuff on the internet too, just a, a, this is a a friendly PSA from Fitz and I about like when you want to, if you're watching and when you want to have your commit date, these are not the times to get your impact, as he's saying. There's all kinds of analytics, heat, heat maps. It's not purely selfish. Like, okay, a lot yeah. of it is purely selfish on this part. Um, but like you are doing, your, if you're trying to brand yourself and get yourself out there, and I said this years ago before NIL was the thing, but if you're trying to brand yourself and get yourself out there, uh, understand the reach. Like understand uh, that it's probably better. Like you did it on Monday morning. You would probably get twice the uh twice the reach of friday did it live here on the show you know yeah that too i mean yeah we we'll work on that so number Um, one number one penn state football sports show number one recruiting show and uh got the biggest reach yeah why not yeah there we go i could i could see that i could get behind that so thank you to everyone while t frank says that for subscribing and following and like this video by the way i don't think you've gotten to that yet I haven't gotten to that yet. Yeah, make sure you do that. Help us out. And, uh, you know, we'll double the size and we'll get you even more uh, of a reach if you want, if you want to come on and commit to the Nittany Lions. Obviously, if you have a committable offer, that's that's the preference. Uh, let's move on to the other thing that happened this weekend. Uh, Friday, 7-on-7. Seven seven, there was a 7-on-7 seven seven camp at Penn State. You were in, pre- in person for that. So uh, how did you feel that went? And uh, who stood out to you? But it went well. Um, it was... A little bit different because this year we got a, we got up there in the afternoon. I'm, it's a shame I didn't have Nate Bauer on with us because he was with me by my side the entire time. Definitely, Nate came to camp. Looking at, he had a camera. Yeah. So, oh um, well, thanks. I yeah. appreciate him filling in for me. <laughs> yes, yes, he will. He will have all the evaluations as he always does. Um, <laughs> no, I mean it, it's it's really uh, uh, it was good because the big man challenge was winding down, and then all of a sudden lightning came through and everything was moved inside which is great to watch, but it's, uh, it ran, it ran a little bit long. And by the end of the day, these guys were dragging, um, good counsel one at the last minute. Um, it was, it was a really, really fun, uh, uh, really fun finale. Um, good counsel and Gonzaga. Olu was there. Lennon Tengwal were there to hand out the trophies to their respective teams. 
but it was a it was a fun ending to a to a long day. Frankie Weaver from uh, from Good Counsel threw a touchdown pass. Uh, a lot of talent in that game, as there always is. Um, you know, Good Counsel is one of those teams where they cannot have their studs as they didn't this weekend. Aaron Childs was out. He committed to Florida this weekend, by the way, which big surprise for Michigan. Uh, yeah. Dylan Jones was at Wisconsin. Elijah Moore was out uh, playing seven on seven in L.A. So there's a lot of guys that were out uh, for for uh, for good counsel, uh, but uh, still really, really good program there. Good counsel was there. Gonzaga was there. Central Catholic from Pittsburgh, I thought looked really good. Uh, maybe not the weapons on the outside, but they've got like they've got like four linebackers that like could profile as Division one linebackers. So that was good. Um, we saw KJ Winston's cousin, Kanoa Winston, uh, played really well. He's not as big as KJ, but he moves really well. I think he's got a 10 6 to his name um, in wow. the 100 meters. So he was out there. Um, yeah, it's just a, a good collection of talent. It's, it's odd because it used to be you could bring your studs to these things. And it was not only a team building event, but also you would have some of the top prospects on hand. I think just even five years ago, since they brought those summer official visits in. It's kind of not a thing for those guys anymore. So like um, Zahir Mathis from Imhotep was not there. Jabri, Jabri Wallace Coleman from Imhotep was not there. Um, there was a really good list of guys who we had on our initial list of team players that were not there. So that's kind of what you were dealing with. But it was good. Kenny Wosley was there. Specka was there. Um, both lo- look pretty solid in terms of what you're looking for out of a seven on seven like Specka. I'm sorry, man, but like Mike linebackers, you're not going to find much in a seven on seven. He's improving his drops, which is one thing that we looked at um, through mm-hmm. his tape and said that he could stand to improve. But uh, that's kind of where we're at with uh, with following those guys. Uh, I will say some I, I like some of the underrated guys like the under the radar guys sometimes uh, good counsel or excuse me. Uh, Gonzaga had a really good tight end, Connell Brannon, who's got like Navy and Harvard and it's got all these things, but like that dude can play like he can, he's going to be a guy that eventually lands on the radar of some power five teams. So that was fun to watch. Um, but, uh, no, it was good, good time all around. Lyric Samuel is back from, from, from New York. Um, Pennsylvania had some, some good players there. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, trying to wrap, trying to figure out how to wrap up here. Oh, Monarch from Florida came up. Uh, Samari Reed, really good wide receiver in the 2025 class. Jabari Brady, really good wide receiver in the 2026 class uh, was up as well. They got knocked out by Central Catholic. I just don't think they were, you know, as good uh, from a, like, top to bottom. They, they weren't as organized. Central Catholic mm-hmm. threw a thrown at them, and they just, uh, the guy struggled. <laughs> Quarterback threw a really nice ball. He's going to UMass, threw a really nice ball, but they struggled mm-hmm. with that zone. And uh, Central Catholic ended up getting that one. And then I believe Central Catholic fell to Gonzaga in the quarterfinals, semifinals. There was a lot going on in a small area, so I'm not sure uh, where those uh, where those goes. But a good collection of talent, not as sparkling as we're, we, we used to be able to see during that team camp. But uh, mm-hmm. there's also another one on Friday, so looking forward to that one as well. We'll uh, cover that one just the same way. I'll uh, be up and out of my quarantine by that point. So I'll be back on campus and uh, trying to provide you some social media and video content. Uh, But what we got coming up to end the show, I think uh, trip down memory lane. How about that? About the future of Penn State is a lot of excitement. This is a really, really important day to a bunch of young men and their families. couple of legacies here in Beyond Blessed. Let's start uh, with Devin or Davon Kennedy. Uh, 
We'll find out. In a, we'll find out later. But the uh, son of Devin, Jimmy Kennedy. So we'll see what happens. Uh, so, what what do we know about uh, um, young Mr. Kennedy here? Uh, young Mr. One thing Kennedy did... is a good good way to put it because he was he's the son of Jimmy Kennedy. He's uh, obviously Jimmy was a big time defensive tackle for Penn State in the early two thousands. Um, so him having a kid here and I mean, that's, uh, that makes you feel old, especially cause I think Jimmy was in school when I, when I came into school. So, um, he was at camp, uh, June 4th, I believe the one that I was not at that you and Ryan covered. Um, mm-hmm. so he was in camp. Uh, he's, he's probably, a, probably a defensive tackle at the next level. Obviously he's got the genes to do that. Um, but, uh, six, three, two forty out there in Arizona, whether this comes around for Penn State, I don't know, um, but uh, it's good to see Penn State uh, staying in touch with the uh, with the legacies and, and doing that sort of thing. Uh, UTEP, Oregon State, Illinois, uh, a couple of offers listed on his profile. Uh, I don't know a ton about the kid. Ryan sent me the the tweet while we were there at the uh, at the camp. So uh, he's he's been productive. He's done some nice things off the edge. Probably a defensive tackle. Like I said, those genes are are pretty big. Yeah, he's a he's a big bodied, uh, undersized guy, and this is the optical illusion trick of like, w- what is he? Because his arms look unreasonably long <laughs> uh, on film. Like I'm talking, like when I look at him, I'm like, oh, 36 inch arms. And then I go, nah, that's probably not realistic. So a good frame though, and as you mentioned, a really big football player that'll probably play defensive tackle, but. Uh, very undersized for that. And uh, as he put in his huddle highlight reel, first season playing football was in 2022. So a very young prospect in terms of football. And then, of course, projecting where Penn State is recruiting defensive tackle. This is a 2024 prospect, so it's going to be very interesting to see how that all works out. Uh, According to On3, he has uh, a UTEP offer that leads the way 30.8% in the RPM machine to end up with UTEP, as you mentioned, out in Arizona, Oregon State, Illinois. Interesting, uh, coming in third. And then, of course, Penn State here at the uh, the top four. They're rounding at the fourth, 19.2%. Uh, so another recruit that is a uh, 2026 legacy. Tell us about Colson Gatton. Colson Gatton, son of Aaron Gatton, who I believe played, uh, was a teammate with Jimmy Kennedy. So if you're not feeling old yet, we'll, we'll get there. I mean, we're in the 2000s with guys that are coming in as legacy prospects. So uh, Colson Gatton, uh, it was he was he was one of those linebackers that I talked about with Central Catholic before. Um, 2026 kid, and if you have any understanding of like how like big time and an athlete Aaron Gatton was in the in the, in the Whippeal, like this is uh, a guy that was. A, big time wrestler, just like everything that he did was, was great. He played linebacker at Penn state. So um, the genes are certainly there with that one as well uh, with a 2026, probably look at it a little, a little different than Kennedy. Uh, this is a guy that they'll mm-hmm. continue to watch uh, bloom and at central Catholic, he's going to be surrounded by a ton of talent. So um, we'll check the numbers and and check and see how young Mr. Gatton does uh, when he gets uh, more onto that varsity field. Um, but, that's certainly a great start uh, for for uh, for Colson Gatton. Uh, it was one of those guys that sort of flashed. I mean, you could see he's a younger player um, when he was out there, but sort of flashed with with those guys around him. Um, Specka was there. Cole Sullivan, who's committed to Michigan, he's a really good player. Like he's, I'm not sure if he's a tight end, not sure if he's a defensive end. 
I don't know that he's a linebacker, but like he's one of those guys that's sort of like a Swiss Army knife at those three positions. Caught some really good passes uh, for uh, for Central Catholic the other day. Um, so the standard is high, and if you're getting on on the field as a freshman, getting on the field as a sophomore at Central Catholic, you're probably a pretty good player. Yeah, there's been a couple of uh, Pittsburgh linebackers Penn State's offered pretty early in the process so far. So interesting. You know, I know that uh, recruiting year to year changes based on a bunch of different factors, but getting a bunch of Pittsburgh linebackers into the Penn State uh, offer sheet role probably makes Penn State fans feel pretty damn good uh, about 2026. Uh, that's all I got, Fitz. Anything you uh, want to end the show with? No, we got notes. We got a chat going right now uh, on the site. Check it out. I know we've got uh, a bunch of questions that uh, definitely can be answered in that format. So uh, so check us out on Blue Illustrated. Again, uh, subscribe. Ryan's done a fan- fantastic job. Nate, Greg, uh, yourself do a fantastic job. So check it out. I, I think there's value in this. And, uh, you know, we're really proud of the work that we're doing. Some of the best work that that I've ever been a part of, um, you know, in terms of covering Penn State. So really excited to see how this goes. And I think Penn State, is going to be a hot program here in the next couple of weeks. So it's a great time to hop on board. Yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of information coming, and you missed the dollar deal. Sorry if you didn't sign up just yet. But, like, here's the thing. Paying full price for this information, what he just said, like, we have five people working full-time to get you all the information from every single angle possible. So full price is still a deal. It's just not an insane deal. So sign up right now, bluewhiteillustrated.com. Of course, like and subscribe here on YouTube. We gave you all the good stuff, but not all the good, good stuff, which you got to go get at the website. I'm Thomas Frankark. He is Sean Fitz, already digging for more information. We'll be back on Wednesday with our live show talking about the football team and all the interesting things we can get into this offseason, including Lift for Life, which is coming up pretty soon. So we'll get into all that coming up later. We'll talk to you then. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in 
West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.